financial therapy. Did you know it was a thing? You're going to learn about what it is and more with Kane Quarter coming up. Are you tired of the traditional money advice? Me too. Bienvenida. Welcome to the Her Money Matters podcast. Join me each week for down-to-earth money conversations that will leave you with more confidence and inspiration to help you take control of your money. And you will probably learn some Spanish along the way too. Lista? You ready? Empecemos with. Let's get started. Bienvenida. Welcome. This is Jen Hempel, your host. We are in the midst of the summer at this moment, and I am doing all I possibly can to not melt. I am sure you're feeling the same way unless you're just living currently somewhere that it's not summer. Today, I have a fantastic guest for you, and we're going to dive into the world of financial therapy with Kene Quarter. What you're going to learn in this episode is why she found herself frustrated in the financial industry when working with her clients. You're going to learn about what financial therapy is and how to determine when you need financial therapy and the five areas of the money cycle and why they matter. You're also going to learn the one action you as a couple or a family can take that will set you up for success when it comes to making difficult financial decisions. And this by far was probably my favorite part of the whole interview. So let me share with you a little bit about Kane Quarter. While working with Morgan Stanley, she noticed that couples needed help with more than just numbers. There was trauma and anxiety associated with money that blocked their happiness. She started Presidential Lifestyle, a wellness company focused on wealth in all its forms. And with this company, she helps couples become a winning team in love, life, and money. Before working in financial services, Kane was a spokesperson for ABC's Extreme Makeover Show, appearing in magazines like Elle, People, and TV Guide, and on TV shows like Good Morning America, Entertainment Tonight, and Oprah. Lista? You ready? Vamos a conocerla. Let's go meet her. Bienvenida, Kene, to the Her Money Matters podcast. I am thrilled to have you here. Hi, I'm so glad to be here. Well, I have to tell you, I'm excited that we got connected just because what you do with money, with financial therapy, I haven't had a guest on the show to talk about this topic. So I'm really excited to dive into that. But before we do, let's get to know you, how you grew up around money, your money story. What did you see? What did you experience? So there was two things happening in my money story. So I grew up, we changed religions a couple of times while I was growing up. And so because we had that flexibility, I chose my own church to go to. And I went to a church that spoke about prosperity. And I never really heard the term. My parents both had like good paying jobs, kind of like six figure jobs. So we had a certain amount of money, but we never felt like we were 
like wealthy or rich or anything. They never really told me no. They, we always got what we wanted. But it, what we would hear is probably not now, but let me close this deal or close this client and then we can do that or, you know, or we'll do that this summer. So I never felt like money was impossible like some people have because we didn't say like, oh, money doesn't grow on trees. We didn't have that kind of conversation in our household. It was always anything is possible. Everything is possible. But later in life, both my parents, when I was 18 years old, both my parents got laid off in the same year. So yeah, that changed everything. So that's why I say I have two different stories. So most of my life, it was, you know, money does grow on trees. <laughs> we just got to wait for the tree to grow, you know, kind of thing. And then it shifted to, well, we can't do that. No, you know, I started hearing no. And I'm like, what are you talking about? No. But by that time, I just started earning my own money or creating my own money. So there were even times where I just didn't even rely on my parents anymore because, like I said, they both got laid off in the same year. And so I was just like kind of off on my own and learning my money mentality, you know, creating my money mentality. But it was a big shift and it was scary. And the truth is, I almost repeated the same thing. So my parents got laid off at about 38 years old, something like that. And I think my dad was 40. And my business, the market crashed and my business crashed almost around that same time in my life. So it was like, instead of getting laid off, the market laid me off. Interesting. That is crazy. So crazy. <laughs> it is. But that's the way it works. It, I've seen it so many times. It's a pattern and it, it's history. It just repeats itself. Right. And the other thing about it was my parents, because of what happened to them, they kind of pushed us all into entrepreneurship. Like, oh, you don't need a job because they could fire it anytime. So they had pushed us all through entrepreneurship. And me, my brother and my sister all kind of experienced the same thing they experienced around that same time in our life. My sister experienced it a couple of years before I did. And then my brother's younger than me. So he experienced it a couple of years after I did. And why do you think that is? Because I know a lot of what I talk about is just being aware of your money story, your past, yep. present, and what you want your future money story to look like. But why do you think that happened? What is the correlation or is there a correlation? Well, yeah, I really do believe there is. And here's what I'll go back to the church that I talked about. The church was based in metaphysics. Now, it was a Christian church, but it taught a lot of metaphysics. And in metaphysics, we say what you focus on expands, right? So if we in our family was focused on not repeating the same mistake, then mm. we ended up repeating yeah. the same because the focus was on not doing. We don't want to get laid off. We don't want to end up with no money. We don't want to, you know, it was like, it was about what yeah. we didn't want to do. Now I knew better, but I somehow still didn't do better. So that focus was on, I don't want to be like my parents and, you know, and lose my money and around my 30, 40 age. And so, but because that was my focus, that's exactly what happened. Yeah. Well, that makes sense. When, mm -hmm. Now that you put it in that perspective, yeah. that makes sense. Now you've had a wealth of experience where you were in the financial services and you stopped that because you saw a need or you saw a, a gap that needed to be filled with couples. So tell us a little bit about how you arrived there. So I started out like 15 years prior to going into therapy. And over those 15 years, I felt like I was helping people, 
But I would still see this like burden laying on them. You know, I was just see this heaviness. And then what would also happen is that couples would come into my office, especially when I started working with the bigger companies and having an office and couples coming in with their money and they'd have money, but they would still feel broke or they'd have money, but they would still not be on the same page. They weren't aligned. So they'd sit in my office and argue. And I'm just sitting there like, how can I help them? And it's more than just the numbers. Like I can, I can help them with the numbers, but that's not where they need help. It's some emotional stuff going on here. And they are so divided and they don't have to be. So I just got frustrated with not being able to help and almost feeling like I was hurting more than I was helping. And so I started like doing my research and trying to figure out what this was. What is this thing that couples do when they fight over money? What is happening? And so I I found behavioral finance and then I found financial therapy and that kind of opened my eyes. And I was like, whoa, what is this? And then I just went deeper and deeper and decided I'm going to make a shift. And I actually went back to school and got my master's in clinical mental health therapy and then began to administer therapy, the anxiety, the stress, the trauma, you know, all of those things that went along with the money. Because it wasn't just the money that was weighing on them. It was a lot of other things. Right. So how would you describe financial therapy for those listening? And who should seek out a financial therapist? Okay, great question. So I'll start with defining financial therapy. So I'm going to break it up. Me, I'm a psychotherapist. So the first thing that my job is to do no harm and to make sure that the patient, I consider them patients because it is a medical appointment. So the patient is moving towards healing. So that's number one. Number two, the second part of that is my specialty is financial therapy. And so the way that I help them move towards healing is to find out what is their money program and how is it blocked so that they can't get to their best and highest good. A lot of times our idea of prosperity is trying to come out, but we don't know how to reach it. And I practice existential therapy. That's really the basis of what I do. A lot of existential therapy. And then the other part is trauma. Now, like me, my parents both lost their job in the same year and my whole life shifted. That was a traumatic experience for me. Now, Of course, there are much worse experiences in life. But for me, my brain coded that as trauma. So anybody who has experienced any trauma around money, and when I say around money, it's so many ways that you can experience that. So technically, my parents getting laid off in the same year doesn't sound like a traumatic experience, but it was for me. And that's the way my brain coded it. And then because it changed our money situation, I consider it a money trauma. But maybe your house, you know, burned down and you lost everything. Maybe a loved one died, left you a lot of money. And maybe there's some guilt around how you receive that money. Right. But that's just the heavy stuff. There's also just light money programming that came in from our grandparents and our parents, society, and then our own past money history. And that kind of stuff has blocked us from reaching our goals. So who would that be? That is the couple whose parents said money doesn't grow on trees, so you better not spend it, hold on to it. And they're married to somebody whose parents said uh, you, you can't die with money, so you might as well spend it, right? Now that's two different mm-hmm. upbringings. Mm-hmm. Neither is right or wrong, but they're different. 
And so if they decide to come into the same household, lots of argument, mm-hmm. right? Absolutely. No, 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 we can't spin. We can't spin. What are we holding on to it for? It's just that's money. That's why I go to work. <laughs> <laughs> that was, that's, that's my marriage. <laughs> I mean, and it's not, and we've worked through it because it, it was, yeah. it was a tough time where mm-hmm. I was the one growing up in a household where I heard a lot of, we can't afford this. We don't have the money. And my husband grew up in a household where even though they didn't have the money, the, his parents did whatever it take to provide for them. And my parents did too, right? But they went into debt doing so because uh, that was the way they gave, I guess. So for him, he's more of the spender. I'm more of the saver and his mentality. And, and we've balanced each other out, right? So I was like this really frugal to like, I think hoarding status frugal, right? And he was more of a spender. Um, this is why I go to work. You know, and he was the giver, like, oh, you need money? Here you go. And I'm like, we need to see if we can give that money first (laughs) type of deal, right? So, and you just, but yeah, I love that breakdown because when you think therapy, sometimes it scares people, right? Yes, it does. And then I had the nerve to put finance in front of it, right? (laughs) (laughs) But, and I love how you mentioned that the trauma piece and really what I got from that from what you said was that you really define what that trauma is, right? What that is to is because we all manage different things in life just differently. <laughs> like every aspect of our life differently depending. There's so many factors where maybe one thing may stress me out today. Maybe the next month it doesn't. That same thing. So there's just so many different factors. I think it's okay to feel like this, even though for others, maybe this aspect of life isn't tough for you, it is. And it's completely okay to feel that way and get the help that you need. Yeah. Like I had, this is a memorable client of mine. So there was a couple that the wife, her grandmother divorced. Now that was not heard of. That didn't happen often, but her grandmother divorced and her grandmother was the one with most of the money and she had to split her money with the husband. My client didn't know the husband because he was gone before she met her grandmother. And so her grandmother remarried and she was adamant about not splitting her money with this new man, this new husband. And she taught her daughter and her granddaughter, you do not merge your money with a man. You keep your money separate. And so she went into her marriage adamant about not merging her money. And it was a big problem because her husband, his background was it's everything is, you know, one, one. and we, we've become one. And it was disrespectful to him for her to like not want to merge. It felt like she didn't trust him. Now, it really was. The grandmother didn't trust men, which she passed down that programming to her children and then her grandchildren. So technically, she may have trusted her husband if she looked at him and said, sure, I trust you, honey. But this is the way it just is. It's just you keep your money. I keep my money and we do. We'll split the bills. Right. That's what she knew her programming. So it took time for us to get to what that thing was and have her let it go. Now, I practice hypnotherapy and it's brain based hypnotherapy because the brain, it plays. I call it the jukebox. It like plays the music, the same music over and over and over and over again. And then you have to go in 
and push the number. You know how a jukebox, you can say, play selection 1513. Well, you need to go in and tell your brain to stop playing that song and play this other happy song. (laughs) So that was the work that we had to do with her is helping her navigate through how to share money with her husband because her brain was thinking it was still in the past. It was still in that situation that the grandmother experienced. Instead of saying, this is a new experience, it's on present moment. This is a man who I've not been married to. It's not the same man my grandmother was married to. I have to deal with my life in the present, not based on what my parents or what my grandparents taught me or society. Right. And I love the work that you do in the field of financial therapy because it really digs more like we had talked emotional and the behavioral component because we're so taught basically with, I call it the traditional money advice out there. We're just taught to save more, spend less, get out of debt. And we're taught how to budget, how to do this. We're taught the how-tos of those Right. Those tools that we need to use, but we're not taught how to maneuver the other part of life, right? And that's the hard part. So I have a lot of clients that I work with that they feel like they lack confidence with money, but it's not because they have a lack of intelligence. They're very intelligent, but it's just they don't know how to maneuver the, you know, the emotional, the behavioral component and understanding how important that past money story, which you talk about a money mentality and you had mentioned that earlier. Can you tell us a little bit about what that is and why we should pay attention to it? So the money mentality is basically your money personality and your money personality is how you handle money. And I like to say, how you navigate the money cycle, which is something else we can, I'll, I'll explain that in just a second. So the money cycle is earn, grow, protect, gift, and enjoy your money. And based on your money mentality, you're going to navigate the money cycle differently. So let's take, for instance, a saver. A saver is going to go from earning the money straight to growing the money. And they really don't get to You always protect it, definitely gift it, and definitely don't get to enjoy it. They get stuck in earn and grow. Raising my hand, that was me. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. But then there's another money mentality, the enthusiast. And the enthusiast, they go to earn. And what the enthusiast does, they don't always have like a set way of earning money. They are that that's the serial entrepreneur that is the multi-level marketing person that jumps from one multi-level marketing company to the next or the person who is looking for people to invest in their business. That is the enthusiast. The enthusiast always looking for the next great thing like, oh, I'm about to get a windfall, right? It's coming. It's coming. I'm going to be rich. I'm going to be rich. Um, However, the enthusiast will buy the bar like everybody's going to have a good time if they're around an enthusiast. So enthusiast is not always that great at earning. It's not consistent, but they might get a lump sum of money all at once. But then that usually means they spend it really quickly. So they never really got to grow it or protect it. They may do a good job of enjoying it and even gifting it. But if you don't do a good job in each area, then you really aren't navigating the money cycle properly and you're not going to get to your idea of prosperity. Love it. And I love Before we jump into today's content, keep your ears peeled for a unique reveal I'll be sharing midway through the show. It's something special just for you. 
the concept of the money cycle. I haven't looked at it in this way before because you're right. You mentioned earn, grow, protect, gift, and enjoy your money. And if you don't, you know, I was, I was earning, I was growing, I was protecting. I wasn't really keen on gifting because I was afraid I wouldn't be able to grow Mm -hmm. it. Right. And then I definitely wasn't enjoying it because again, it wouldn't help me grow it. (laughs) Uh, So, but having all those components in that minor cycle are really helps you have that. I don't know, like to use the word balance, but I think it helps you harmony like that harmony. It (laughs) it makes, you know, makes you at peace with your money, right? And fulfilled with your life Mm -hmm. as well. Absolutely. Yeah. And so like you mentioned earlier with you and your husband balancing each other out. So if an enthusiast gets together with, let's just say a hero, because a hero is going to earn a good living and they are going to gift money a lot. So there are areas where a hero is good, where an enthusiast is not. And then there are areas where they overlap. So remember I said the enthusiasts are by the bar. So the hero, it loves to gift too. So they might buy the bar, not in the same way the enthusiast buying the bar out of enjoyment. And the hero is buying the bar because maybe not everybody can afford a drink. And I mean, I want to make sure that everybody can, you know, have a good time tonight. And so there's just a bleeding heart. So they might end up spending way too much in that area mm. because they both have the same money mentality if they're not working on it. However, in a place where maybe the, the hero is like, nope, we've got to earn a certain amount of money. And the enthusiast is like, well, I'm going to wait until the next best thing comes up before I go anywhere. The hero can push the enthusiast to go out and get the job that's going to take him or her to the next best thing. <laughs> Right. They can complement each other, but they can also like pull each other down. So you really have to work together, which is why the financial therapy exists, because you'll work to find out what your money mentality is and then how you can adjust it, because you'll find your positive and your negative, because each money mentality is good at some things and not so good at other things. So you find what you're good at, you find your positives, and then you adjust those negatives, the things that your challenges that you're not working so well at, and you adjust those. And then once you find that, then you become what I call the president. That's the ideal money mentality where you have that money harmony and you know just the right amount to grow, to protect, to gift and enjoy your money. Love it. And then there's another one. There's the blamer, which I didn't mention. And the blamer is that person that's like, you know, is blaming it on the man why they don't have any money. They blame it on, you know, society, whatever. They've always got an excuse why they have this money problem. And most blamers have gone through some sort of money trauma in the past. And it could have been really, really young because, oh, this is one thing I wanted to tell you that our money mentality is in place. By around age three, it's 85% in place. By age 15, it's 95% in place. Wow. Before we even got our first paycheck, we had an idea of money. Yeah. And that's mainly because it's subconscious programming that happens. Now, I'm specifically saying money, but if there are any brain nerds out there, they're probably saying, well, that's true about anything. And it is. (laughs) 
but we're talking about money. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's yeah. fantastic. Now, since you work with couples, you also have the concept of the marriage money mission to help decrease uh, the arguments around money because money is such a taboo topic. And that's, mm-hmm. you know, how do you help do that? So the marriage money mission, it's awesome because what you do is you go through each area of the money cycle. So the marriage money mission is a course. It's a course that I teach. It usually starts May, August, November, February. So I do it four times a year. And what happens is during the marriage money mission, we go through each area of the money cycle and we create your idea of prosperity in that area. Now, of course, couples can do this on their own. It's just more fun when you do it in a group and you have a leader. So Absolutely. Um, mm-hmm. so you put together your idea in each one of those areas and you do this on neutral ground so that there's no argument going on right now. You do this, you plan a day where you're going to do this and you pick each area and you plan it out. Now all at the same time because you don't want to be overwhelmed. And so what you do is you create a statement. Once you finish all of them, you create a major statement that says how you will earn, grow, protect, gift, and enjoy your money as a family. And then when an argument arises, like, well, we need to take this job because it's more money. Hold on. Let's go back to the marriage money mission. We said we were not going to do anything that we didn't love just for money. That was in our money mission. So we can't take this job. Uh, yeah, you're right. We said we were not going to live more than, you know, a hundred miles away from our family. So we can't take this job, you know, whatever the circumstances might be. Okay. Do we loan your sister this money? Well, let's go check the money mission and look at our gifting strategy. Is this in line with our gifting strategy? Yes, it is. Well, we can loan our sister this money. So it kind of goes like that. My mouth just dropped. That is genius. And it puts a lot of perspective on life. It definitely lessens the arguments because you've already decided ahead of time. Yep. You know, how are you going to manage these areas of your life and money? And you can just refer back to them. I love it. Love it. Exactly. Now, I will say this caveat. Without some financial therapy, the marriage money mission, even when the arguments are shut down, it will still hurt. Mm. (laughs) So the pain won't go away because even though you have to follow your mission, you'll be like, but I want to do it. I want to buy these shoes. Why can't I? (laughs) Right, right, right. And that's something that you work, you know, with your mindset, with what you do. That's something that you have to work, I think, constantly on, depending on what it is, because this is things that we have, um, the mindset that has been forming for a long time, right? So whether like I root it exactly. And you mentioned that by age 15, that was 95% of it is done. So it's nothing. That's what I tell my clients. And they know I'm not a financial therapist. I just kind of give them tips from my experience and what I've read. But it's I always say it's not going to go away. (laughs) It's something you continue to work on. That's why it's important to Surround yourself with like-minded people, with people that are positive to read, to listen to podcasts, to read to a blog post, those type of things to help keep you going. And then obviously, if you feel you experience some money trauma or in your life, reach out for help by all means. And it's 
funny that you mentioned that because one of the things that I tell people all the time, so there are three ways of kind of working with me. And so the coaching side or therapy side can be an investment and not everybody is ready for that investment. Right. And even though, even when they have the money, so when you hear, when I say not ready for that investment, some people are thinking, oh, they don't have the money. Sometimes they have the money, but I know that they're not ready mentally to give up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so if I know that I won't let them start, I won't let them do that. The money I love to get paid for doing this. This is so much fun. And to get paid for something that's so much fun is awesome. But it would make me feel bad to know that I allowed you to start something and I knew you weren't ready. Right. So I like to say, why don't you, just like you just mentioned, why don't you just join the Prosperity Club, listen to the podcast, get some emails, you know, (laughs) hear a few YouTube videos, like, because I send out all kinds of info and stuff. So do that first, like get in there and let it hurt a little bit more. Because for some people, you really have to hurt before you make a change. And I know many people like this who have to be in a certain amount of pain in order to make change. And so if they're that kind of person, then they need to take baby steps to get to the big coaching or to get to the big therapy, whether they're working with me, a therapist, or working with you as a coach, they need to be ready because otherwise they're just throwing money away until they're really going to take the steps because it takes some effort. It definitely does. And I'll, for you listening, I will be sure to uh, have a link of Kanae's website in the show notes so you can connect with her and really learn more about her and everything. So Kanae, this has been absolutely fantastic. I have really, really enjoyed our time together, uh, learning more about you, learning more about financial therapy and what you do, and just really the marriage money mission. I absolutely love that. (laughs) Love that. Uh, Because like I said, my jaw just dropped. I'm like, things that... And it's simple, right? It's something simple. And you're like, why didn't I have I thought of that before? But it's because you have life going on, right? That's why we have you, uh, people like you to put that type of thing in perspective for us. So I really, really appreciate you being here and sharing all the knowledge that you shared with us today. Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me. And thank you for all your great questions. Oh, you are most welcome. Wasn't that such a wonderful discussion? I hope that you enjoyed it as much as I enjoy talking to Kane. I definitely learned a lot, took away a lot from our discussion. Now, I'll talk about that more in a minute, but I want to do La Mención Semanal or our weekly shout out. And this week, it goes to Alicia. She is fairly new to our community and she dived right in with listening to the podcast and has gotten to work. And I kid you not when I say has gotten to work several weeks ago when she joined us and started listening to the podcast, she started putting money aside for a health expense that she has and went to her appointment recently and had enough money to cover the bill where normally she would have put it on her credit card without giving a second thought. So talk about a money win. That is huge. So I want to give you a high five, Alicia. That is fantastic. Continue the great work. I can't wait to hear how this journey evolves for you. What else, what other things you accomplish? Because I know there's more to come. So I just wanted to acknowledge you and keep up the great work. 
Now let's get back to our discussion with Kane. As I mentioned, it was just really, really interesting talking to her. And I don't know if you heard of my jaw dropping moment. Hopefully, I, well, you probably have if you were listening and really listening, right? But my biggest takeaway from my chat with Kane was that mission statement that she spoke about that you can make as a couple or as a family ahead of time where you decide how you're going to handle those difficult money decisions. When I heard that, literally my jaw dropped and I'm not exaggerating because it's something so simple that we don't think about, but if we do it, it's going to prevent so many issues and arguments and tensions, all those things. There is this quote that says, always plan ahead. It wasn't raining when Noah built the ark. So I want you to think about that and planning ahead when it rained, meaning building the ark, he had a plan in place, right? So just the sheer act of making a plan where you're literally making those parameters, setting those parameters of how you're going to make those decisions. It makes your life easier. Like I mentioned, less arguments, less tension. Your future self is going to thank you. So definitely I encourage you, especially for my action takers and those that love homework, because I've, I've gotten the messages and the emails where you absolutely love when I challenge you and I want to give you some uh, action tasks to take. So I challenge you to create this plan for sure. The other part of this discussion that I want to make sure that I bring up uh, just to kind of hammer it in because I think it's just so important is, as you recall, Kanae and I discussed, and you're aware of it, that we each have a different upbringing experiences with money. And what affects you and is traumatic may not be to others, and that is completely okay. This is a personal journey. There's no need to feel guilty or ashamed about how you feel. You just need to reach out for support and help so someone can help you walk through this so you can heal. And I want to hammer it in because I know in my experience, and and I'm not sure if I consider it trauma, I still go through that, I still kind of go back and forth, but I know in other areas of my life that I felt when impacted me negatively, I felt a sense of guilt and shame that maybe I should be stronger, that I shouldn't be feeling this way, right? And in case you feel this way, I wanted to bring this up and just make sure to say, you know what, it is okay. We don't need to compare ourselves. We don't need to think, hey, you know what, I should be handling this better, right? Because as Kane mentioned, how our brain reacts. It's kind of the science behind it too, a part of it, right? How our brain reacts is going to be different from one person to the next. So just know that how you handle or the impact of situations, past experiences, and if it impacts you really, really heavily, that it's okay, right? And again, you just need to reach out for support and help to a person like Nay. There's financial therapists. I didn't know this existed until a few years ago. I think it's a fairly new career. Well, I don't know if it's fairly new. I'd have to <laughs> have to do some research on that. But it's fairly new in terms of we don't hear it much, right? So 
there's people out there that can help you specifically on those that money trauma. Uh, She had some examples in terms of the grandmother that uh, got divorced and had a a negative experience. And she taught her granddaughter uh, to make sure that she separated the money, that there was no mingling, commingling the money with the husband because of her experience. And you don't need me to tell you that if you don't do something about it, if you're dealing with something like this, that the issue will linger. So just, it's okay to get help. It's okay to feel how you feel, right? It's completely okay. We're all individual human beings. So enough of that rant. (laughs) I wanted to share those two things with you because I thought it was very, very important If this interview resonated with you, if the content really struck a chord with you, please, by all means, connect with Kane. She is absolutely wonderful, as you heard, over at KaneQuarter.com. If you're driving, if you're listening to this jogging or, or pushing a stroller and you don't have the moment to write this down, don't worry. I've got you covered and I will have the link for you in today's show notes. So again, today we tackled the topic of financial therapy, which is definitely more taboo than money itself because we don't know what we don't know, right? It's, I can't say it's a new field, but it is a field that you don't hear about a lot, right? And we also talked about the money mission statement, which was just killer in my eyes. I think it's just so important to have one. So if you supplement this mission statement along with my daily money ritual, I think you are golden. And my daily money ritual is a simple worksheet that helps you reflect while gaining clarity, keeps you motivated and focus on the areas that you need most. And I have a free copy waiting for you over at jenhemphill.com forward slash ritual. As for next week's episode, I can't tell you how pumped I am about it because it is near and dear to my heart in my personal season, my own season of my personal life. We are going to be talking to Pam Andrews, otherwise known as the Scholarship Shark. Now, mind you, I have a teen. I don't know if you recall, I have a teen, which is why this is near and dear to my heart. He's got three more years. Oh, goodness. I just said it. He's got three more years before he graduates high school. Oh, my goodness. I hope I don't faint before I finish this. So this episode is for any parent who is interested in learning more about how to help their kids when it comes to preparing for college with scholarships, applications, and so forth. So that is a wrap for today. I want to thank Kane for joining us, for sharing all the goods today and her story. You can check out the show notes on where to find Kane and more over at jenhemphill.com forward slash 148. And don't forget, if you love this episode, I really would appreciate it that you share it with your friends, family, a stranger. And for those of you that have shared, I really, really appreciate it. I have seen the comments in the Facebook community as people filter in that they have found the podcast because you are sharing. So I am eternally grateful. So I appreciate that. So I will talk to you next Thursday. Hablaremos el próximo jueves. Gracias. Chao.